0: Hey friends, this is Michael Boehm with Youth Apologetics Training. Uh, Today we're going to continue on with this series on uh, science in the Bible. Today we're going to look at a few contradictions, as in things that people point out in the Bible that say uh, contradict science. Uh, You know, I think I'm going to condense all these contradictions down to one episode because after I started looking through them, most of them... Honestly, guys, are forehead slappers. You're going, really? You're going to make a big deal out of that? As in, you look at this alleged contradiction, and anybody with a fraction of a brain can look at that and see what's going on, and it's not a contradiction. It's not a problem at all. For a quick example, here would be one. Uh, the The Bible says that the earth was created... The Bible says that uh, the vegetations, the plants, the herbs, the trees, the shrubs, they were created on day three, and yet we find out that the sun was created on day four. How possibly could the vegetation, how could the plants live without sunlight until the next day? (laughs) What? That's what I would say to that. Yeah, really? I mean does your yard go through sometimes some days that you know an entire day goes without sunshine in fact there's places on this planet that entire days go without sunshine and plants grow there uh here here would be another example uh as far as uh, god creating the light there is day and there is night uh but yet the sun is not created until the day uh, until the fourth day So how can the Bible say that there was evening and there was morning, the first day, the second day, and the third day, if there was no sun? Again, slap your forehead and say, what? Because seriously, uh, you don't, that's not what the Bible's trying to say there. Okay, You, you see that the light was created on the first day. What was that first source of light? Probably God himself. All right whatever the case, you have some, let's just say some source of light, and you have a rotating planet. What does that give you? Day and night, as long as the light is in a specific fixed spot, right? I mean, there's just so many of these that you're going, really? And... Uh, Gosh, guys, when you look through these websites of the alleged Bible contradictions that have to do with science, I mean, you really stretch it. But let's look at a few that, okay, there might be a little bit of weight to them. Uh, How about this one? Looking at uh, Leviticus, Leviticus, chapter 11, verse 20. All right, we read this. Now, I'm going to read it on purpose in a different translation than I normally use. Uh, for the purposes of pointing out the contradiction. (laughs) You see where I'm going with this? Uh, Starting in verse 20, all flying insects that walk on all fours are to be detestable to you. There are, however, some winged creatures that walk on all fours that you may eat, those that have jointed legs for hopping on the ground. Of these, you may eat any kind of locust, catadid, not even sure how to pronounce that, Caddy did, cricket, or grasshopper, but all other winged creatures that have four legs, you are to detest. All right. So, here's one of the problems. They're looking at this verse, and they're saying, insects, and we have, uh, that walk on all fours. Problem number one, insects have six legs. Uh, Okay. So, that's pretty easily explained. Uh, many other versions of the Bible just continue to use insect, the word insect, over and over and over. Uh, the King James Bible says creeping things as you read through this this uh, passage here. See, uh, the way that we classify things nowadays is not the way things were classified in the Bible. For example, When the Bible talks about uh, fish, that includes everything that swims. All right. So you're going to find that uh, whales and dolphins, they all fit into that category of fish. You know, Jonah was swallowed by a a great big fish. Well, it was a whale. Uh, Same thing with this passage here. Uh, Insects. It's a little bit better translated creeping things, but that creates another problem because if you look at the King James Version, that first verse here that I I read of Leviticus chapter 11 verse 20, it says all flying fowl that walk on all fours. Okay, so now we got another problem. Where do you see any birds that walk on all fours? Well, uh, that, that Hebrew word that's being used here, I'm probably going to botch the it pronunciation, but it's, oh, pff, something along those lines, <laughs> okay, which uh, is used many times in the Bible. It can mean a winged flying creature, all right? It can be used for birds. It can be used for flying uh, bugs, okay? Now, if you read this whole chapter in context, it starts by talking about birds, and then it it moves over and actually mentions bats as a bird that's another one of those issues where again the bible classifies things differently bats are not birds but in the bible they're a flying creature right and they fit right in with the birds all right but anyway (laughs) there's just so many of these type of things as far as classifications go uh you find a lot of these in the Bible because nowadays we have our own system of classifying animals. It doesn't match up with the Bible. So when the King James talks about fowl, well, okay, uh, that might have been a translation that could have been a little bit better because when you look at it, yeah, it's, it's referring to a creeping thing that flies. Uh, and as you read past that verse... You, you go from birds and then it transitions to bugs. And suddenly we're looking at all these creeping things. And it's clear that we're talking about bugs because the locust and the cricket and the grasshopper are brought up, these little gross little creeping things. I don't know how John the Baptist ever munched on those. But anyway, yuck. I hope I never have to eat those. <laughs> but um, uh, I guess you could also bring up as far as classification problems go, uh, dragons. The Bible talks about dragons all over the place. Uh, you find that. And when you start looking at these dragons and how they're described, well, we're actually, we're talking about dinosaurs here. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of them, specifically Leviathan, that cause people some major problems. There is no way I'm going to be able to get into that in this episode. Uh, needless to say, you know, I do accept that there could have been a creature that could have shot some kind of a a, a some kind of a flame from its mouth or smoke. Uh, we do have the bombardier beetle, and Uh, if you guys have ever looked into that oh boy I'm not going to do it justice here but basically this beetle's got multiple compartments inside of its body Uh, one that has a a a flammable type uh, chemical, another that's some kind of chemical that's an inhibitor that keeps it from flaming up. And then another chemical that is some kind of a a igniter, I think. Oh boy, I'm probably totally botching it. But the point is that there's multiple different chemicals. They're kept separate in different pouches. And then the, the bombardier beetle, when is, when he is attacked is able to fire these chemicals out of his hind end at exactly the right moment. They hit mid air a little ways away from his hind end, so he doesn't burn his little buggy buns. <laughs> and uh and and it, it well, it, it uh fries the animal behind him. It's very effective. Uh if God can do that with a little insect, I would imagine he could probably do that with a dinosaur. Uh Interesting stuff to think about uh, well one of these days I'll bring an expert, somebody who really has studied the subject of dinosaurs in the Bible, dinosaurs in history uh, we'll get down and dirty with it but yes when you look at dinosaurs in the Bible or I'm sorry dragons in the Bible, we're talking about dinosaurs. so anyway, uh, let's move on. in Matthew, it is claimed that the mustard seed is the smallest of all the seeds which we know uh, there are seeds that are smaller than the mustard seed well is that what Matthew thirteen thirty one is saying uh, 30, well 13 31 and 32 uh, is it really saying that the mustard seed is the very smallest seed on the planet well let's read it uh, starting in verse 31 another parable parable put he Jesus for Forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Alright, so Jesus calls it the least of all seeds. Just looking at the surface here. Um, kind of sounds like he really is saying that's the very smallest of all the seeds the word that is trans- translated seeds least is micros or micros. i'm probably mispronouncing that uh it means uh, small size small size quantity number uh, least less little small all right so well wait a minute Uh, Is Jesus really saying here that it is the very smallest of all the seeds? Well, let's compare it to another passage uh, where we see this same word being used. Uh, This is in Luke chapter 9, verse 48. And said unto them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you all, The same shall be great. All right, so in this passage, is Jesus talking about one person on the entire planet? As in, there's somebody who is the absolute least, smallest, most insignificant, the one who is considered to be the least of all who ever lived, ever will live, or maybe just at that time on the planet. I don't think so. And I don't think there's a single person that reads that verse who would take that away. You see what I'm saying? What we're looking at here is a statement or uh, a description of a seed that, well, let's face it. It's a small seed. It's a very small seed, but this is a loose small seed. Okay, Uh, you compare that seed to... Uh, any of the other seeds that are in that region, and you're going to find that it's pretty much in the category of pretty darn small. It is the least among them. All right, same thing when you're looking at, uh, for he that is least among you all, the same shall be great. All right, again, we're not talking about the very least of all the people on the planet. Uh, There's a little bit of wiggle room here. And I think when people try to make this an issue about the least, the smallest seed on the entire planet, I think you're really grasping at straws. I mean, that's really stretching to try and find something to say is an error in the Bible. We would never hold uh, any other publication to that same standard. Uh, You would read over it and think, you know, sure, it's a pretty small seed, right? It's small. It's very, very small. (laughs) <laughs> okay, you get the point, right? Okay. So, another problem in the same passage that is brought up is that uh some Bible translations refer to uh you know when they they say that this mustard is a uh a shrub which uh King James Version refers to it as an herb. Uh, The Bible says that uh, the King James says that it grows up to a tree. Some people have a problem with that as well, uh, that technically speaking, uh, it's not a tree, right? It doesn't grow up to be a tree. But again, going back to what we were talking about concerning, for example, fish and birds and how bats are lumped in with birds it is a winged flying creature okay classification systems were a little bit different back then uh they had different ways of classifying things Uh, the the mustard seed would grow into a plant that was somewhere around two to six feet tall now a six foot tall plant well that was pretty much a tree okay that's how they saw it it's not a big deal Again, when they're saying tree, they're not talking about our modern classification of what a tree is. Okay? Uh, Again, not a big deal. Uh, People that try to make a big deal of this are really grasping at straws again. They need to understand that the Bible was written thousands of years ago. They used different words, different terminology, and they had different ways of classifying things. No big deal. So anyway, uh, another one uh, is... The Bible and pi. Uh, there is an instance back uh, in the Old Testament where the bronze laver uh, is described, and it gives the dimensions, and it turns out that the the, the dimensions do not uh, calculate out to pi. Uh, I get into this in my very second, I believe, Bible contradictions podcast. Uh, I believe it was episode two sixty three. So if you want to hear about that, go back and listen to that episode. So I'm going to go ahead and skip over that one. But if you haven't heard that, you might want to check it out, because not only is that supposed alleged Bible contradiction refuted, it's actually pretty fascinating. Uh, when you read the passage in context, you don't miss any of the details, and then you do the math, it turns out that it is exactly pi, and it's pretty cool how it works out. So you got to check that out if you haven't heard that. Um, Some people make a big deal about how the Bible says that the moon is a lesser light. Okay, so they're saying, well, the Bible's technically, this sounds like something that a young teenage girl such as my daughter, (laughs) we broke her of this, but (laughs) dad, well, technically the moon is not a light. Okay, so <laughs> we had to ban the word technically in our house, okay, <laughs> for a short period of time. Uh, but, okay, so the moon is technically not a light. Uh, but if you're out in the middle middle of the desert or in the wilderness, in a, in the middle of the night, and you look up in the sky, the moon is reflecting the light of the sun, and it is a light to you. Okay, it is a light. It might be that the moon is not producing the light it is reflecting the light Uh, that is a minor point and honestly again not an issue to debate about it's like really you're going to make a big deal about that because yes the moon is a light it's not producing the light it's reflecting the light but it's still a light at night just like you look up in the, the sky it's all dark and then you just see the moon and it is a light in the sky, all right. You you hear people uh, go out on their porch in the middle of the night and say, "Wow, it's really bright tonight. The the, the moon is really bright," or the moon's really lighting up the night. You know, it, oh boy. Anyway, uh, you guys see where I'm going there. Not a big deal. Uh, some websites will make a big deal about the fact that uh, we have uh, <laughs> the Earth before the sun, moon, and stars. Okay. Well, uh, it's argued that, well, that can't be because uh, the <laughs> it contradicts with the nebular hypothesis of stellar, stellar formation. Uh, okay, so it contradicts with a hypothesis. Uh, nobody has ever seen a star form. All right, uh, there's many uh, problems, many challenges to a star forming. You know, think about it, trying to get everything to... Uh, You know, all this debris flying outward in space from a Big Bang to somehow come back together and form a star. Uh, One of these days I will have somebody like Dr. Jason Lyle on my program. One of those guys to talk about star formation as well as a bunch of other interesting stuff with our our galaxy and universe. Uh, That could be a lot of fun. Uh, But um, I suppose I'll I'll save this uh, alleged problem for that episode so that we can get down and dirty with the science. Uh, If I try to wax eloquent scientifically on this subject, I might make a mistake. So we'll bring a pro on that one. Uh, Needless to say, I've seen lots of great creation scientists utterly refute the idea that stars can just form. Uh, It seems to me like you need two exploding stars to create one new star. That doesn't really add up. Um, Okay, so where did the first two stars come from? Anyway, guys, I'm going to stop right there and reach the 20-minute mark. Uh, something rather interesting is happening with the ministry as of tomorrow. Uh, I'm changing things up. This is a, a, an update for you guys because things are going to change. Uh, I am no longer going to do the 15-minute style podcast. From here on out, uh, I've heard from too many people that they would prefer that I have longer podcasts. And so I'm going to produce one Sometimes two, but at least one good 45-minute to an hour and 10-minute podcast a week. And so you're going to get about the same amount of content. I think on average you're going to get just a little bit more um, content from me on this new uh, way that I'm doing this. Uh, but in this, I'm going to save me quite a bit of time, one. Two, these podcasts are going to become much more shareable, uh, which I I like that idea, too, because when people try to share my podcast, well, they only get to share one part, so it gets a little awkward, right? Uh, And three, well, I've heard from a lot of you, it makes it a lot easier, you like longer podcasts, and four, for everybody who wants to download a whole bunch of my podcasts, When they're grouped into larger chunks instead of millions and millions of little tiny 15-minute episodes, it makes it a lot easier to go through and download. Uh, Having said that, I do think that um, I've been threatening to do this for a long time, but I I do think I'm going to somehow figure out a way to go through all those old episodes and condense them into larger episodes uh, and, and really trim down my library. It'll still be the same amount of contents. As far as minutes would be concerned, but just less episodes, make it a little bit easier for everybody to go back and just download a whole bunch of stuff. So anyway, let me know what you guys think. I'm going to go ahead and give this a shot. Uh, If it turns out that many people come back and say, no, I really don't like the long format. Well, maybe I'll reconsider, but... I really like this idea. I really do. And I think it's going to free up a lot more of my time, which is going to allow me to uh, put more efforts into other areas, uh, like writing articles for my website and stuff like that. So anyway, with that, guys, uh, tomorrow I will post... My first long episode from there on out, I think I will be posting every Monday. I think Monday is going to be my day to post. So that'll be one thing about Monday that you can appreciate. (laughs) And so with that, I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow.